broadcasting live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned into Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. For the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call in line is 920-358-0795. Core. Our guests hail from the Oshkosh, Wisconsin area. They've been making waves in the music scene with their dynamic sound and introspective lyrics. Their music is a fusion of blues, folk, and rock, characterized by soulful vocals, intricate guitar riffs, and infectious hooks. The band recently released a video for a revamped song, Off the Ground 23. It's a reflection of their growth and evolution as artists and has received rave reviews for its authenticity and raw energy. Join us today as we sit down with the Traveling Suitcase to learn more about their creative process, musical influences, and upcoming projects. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. That was uh, maybe the longest intro I think I've ever done. That's great. That was nice. That was, yeah, I amped up. I'm Thank like, dang, you. look at all those nice big vibrations. Absolutely. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's start the show off by maybe going down the road and just kind of introducing, saying who you are and what you do in the band. Cool. Uh, my name is Nicholas Raymond. I play every single instrument simultaneously whenever I feel like it in the traveling suitcase. I'm Todd Bulky, uh, sometimes called Texas Butter, but uh, <laughs> I play what I call easy guitar parts. He's so good. He lies. He lies. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? I'm Jake. I'm Jake Steinmeier. I I play drums sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm Nate. Uh, I also play guitar. Harder guitar. <laughs> we're, yeah. He was setting you up for the Beatles thing. Yeah. We're uh, we're uh, missing Nate's a member today as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're Brandon Domer. Brandon Domer is our bass player, our piano player, our mix engineer, professional. Our professional man, the glue. The glue. Yeah. He had to work at Hyde Music in Oshkosh this morning, so he is serving the people. He's here in spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Do you, th- do you think yeah. he's have you here, Brandon? Do you think he's tuned in today? Maybe he'll call in with a question. He's here oh, in spirit. That would be the best. That would be the best. <laughs> it would be the best. So the now my hopes are up. <laughs> <laughs> So the band's had a, some uh, personnel changes since its incarnation, and, and the the band technically started was it around 2010? Yeah, yep. I think that's kind of the in the Peabody's uh, side yard was kind of where the the thing happened there. Mm-hmm. Brandon and I were jamming out with one of his his friends, uh, Brandon Weisensall, and then uh, like a drummer, he was like, I don't know if I want to do it or not. And then I was very sad because Nate and Brandon Weisensall and Brandon also played in a band together. So you know how good Brandon Weisensall is at drums. Mm-hmm. And when a good drummer mm-hmm. doesn't want to play the drums, you're like, why don't you mm-hmm. want to do that? And that's how I was. And then we met uh, Rob Murphy and a few other people, and then we jammed out, and there was some, some really good chemistry right away. So we just jammed out, went to Peabody's, and I said, you guys want to do this? And that was 2010. And yeah, the, the revolving door of of creations has has been going on for 13 years and even before that band you were involved in the the scene the music scene yeah i played in a a christian metal band growing up which is amazing so a christian yeah yeah yeah, it was awesome (laughs) it's called infinity theory and we did pretty good we did really well we did some stuff at like life fest opening up for blindside and like uh, what what were you doing in the band playing drums drums yeah and like i wanted to sing but they're like no (laughs) and like i was like someday i'll sing i'll show you and that's kind of like the suitcase was like a big motivator of like i want to do this you know i want i can i can sing and so the, the suitcase started and, and did word, of, it seems like word of mouth spread pretty quickly because I, I remember hearing of the suitcase. I don't know what happens with the stuff with the suitcase. Sometimes it's really weird, uh, but I will say there's some sort of, um, I don't know what it is, a spirit, I will call it, because it definitely is something that I denied. 
uh, for myself a few times uh, the spirit of the suitcase um, and um, but it's always existed and I think with the carnation of what we're doing right now and the members that we have right now are, are a calling uh, I guess a manifestation of the last 13 years of that revolving uh, musical and spiritual door so it's a very weird way of putting it but I feel very aligned it's all come full circle. You yeah, know? yeah, it's yeah. very well said. Nate's like an original member of the very first incarnation, you know. And Todd and I have been fans of the suitcase. We yes. like we describe it. He described it as energy, but it's like a gravity. The suitcase kind of pulls and has these people in these wide orbits around it. That um, it's just got that energy to it. You know, you said it in the introduction. It's just infectious. You know, and it's funny how Todd and I have come into the picture now, and. Uh, just with this um, appreciation, this really deep appreciation for suitcase, you know, and just it's a great opportunity, at least for me personally, you know, to just be a part of it. Being a, a fan of the band prior, did it make it easier to to learn the drum parts? And in Europe, it's almost like you're kind of also have the pressure on you. It's almost like drumming for the Foo Fighters after kind of. They've I mean, it's can, like, dude, it's can, like everyday school with this guy. Can it's I great. interrupt and just yes. talk about how Jake approached us? <laughs> Go for it. Um, <laughs> So we played uh, Charlieville, which we hadn't done in in a chunk of time because I moved away to Colorado and was gone, and then, you know, COVID happened to everyone. And uh, so we played Charlieville this year, and it was amazing. It was really fun. Um, And I had, at the time, um, because I play in Redshift Headlights, and Jay, who plays in Redshift Headlights, was was drumming with the suitcase. And it was feeling good, but Jay is also one of those drummers that's in, like, 500 projects. And he's a really busy guy um, already. And uh, we get done with Charlieville, and I, like, wake up the next day, and I've got, like, audition videos. Audition videos! And this, like, very uh, peculiar, like, long novel about how, like, this kid (laughs) wants to be, like, wants our relationship to be, like, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. And I'm like, is he love-bombing me? What's happening? Is this real? You know? And then um, Sierra and I watched uh, some of the, uh, my wife and I watched the, the audition videos, and I was like, is this real? And then I sent it to everybody, and then we had a band meeting, and I was convinced that, like, I had found the Ninja Turtles, and that I am, I am, you know, that my wife is April, and I am the rat, and that I found the Ninja Turtles. Well, you put it that way. And, yeah. I mean, well, no, I mean, Master Splinter. Splinter. I mean, Come on, right? That's kind of closer to the mark. Dude, rats are, okay. Rats, I mean, are, rats awesome. are awesome. I love rats. Don't I lo- get me wrong. So, like, I love animals. So, get when I say there. the rat, rats are really smart. They're very intelligent. They're very, dude, when we... They're good at karate. Yes. Uh, natural karate. Well, straight up. So, Jake ends up being a very great drummer, and he ends up being a ninja as well. So, <laughs> yeah. that's what's funny. the funniest Complete thing the about it. Too funny. Yeah. But that was crazy. Yeah, talking about the love bombing of him, I just, he moves back to the area. Um, and I'm sort of unplugged myself. I live a pretty analog lifestyle, so I don't always know when these currents <laughs> arrive. And, and it turns out Nick is back in the picture. And uh, my girlfriend, Shay Korea, is a super talented photographer. And she no, she was actually the original fan of the suitcase. Um, when suitcase was going through its first incarnation, I was also working. So I was in the scene. I was in a bunch of other bands. And I'm kind of a hired gun most of the time, always looking for like a permanent home, you know. And uh, the last tour I was on, I jammed the Traveling Suitcase almost exclusively, just trying to channel this, like, Prague, Americana, folk, this really um, unique vibe. You know, that's the whole thing. It was just a really, it gave um, such an interesting voice um, to so what was really difficult drumming for me at the time, you know what I mean, as, uh, as a metal drummer, you know, the toning it down is always... Um, takes a lot of discipline, but with Nick, he's just got such an infectious energy, and because him being a drummer, um, you know, that informs his leadership, and it makes it just really cool to be a drummer for the guy. So you talk about pressure, I don't really feel it as pressure. It's just like, what are we going to do today, Nick? He's like, this is what I think. Whoa, cool, Stit. How how was Nick as far as, like, if you played something a little different, did Nick say, well, that sounds I don't know if he gets much of a choice. Like you can try to, you can try to make it different, but it's just whatever comes out, you know, and sometimes it's really cool. Sometimes it's, it's less cool and we slow her down, you know, (laughs) but no, we got really good communication. It doesn't mean it's any less cool, (laughs) but no, it's, that's uh, kind of all part of it. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I just sort of ride 
the wave of that energy and it, again it informs the communication and the band dynamic and the chemistry of all the whole the whole deal it's really cool so nate you were in the band when it started and oh uh, well we're near the beginning and then no i was never like officially in the band bef- like before this incarnation um i was with brandon domer in another band called kilroy and then check it out everyone kilroy so i've known so nick forever so you good. know but yeah, I, I would help them out with like making videos and stuff like that, and I recorded with them here and there and stuff. But it wasn't until sometime last year, I guess, like late last year, that Domer mentioned that you know Nick was back in town and trying to get things going, and I was like, "Well, I'm available," you know. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. <laughs> so, so when um, the the traveling suitcase started, were you on drums right from the start? No, it was. Um, you know, I was. It's funny because I had when I started this band because I've been a drummer my whole life. It was one of those things where I was like, I really just want to focus. I'd never focused on singing. And yet again, here I am 13 years later going, okay, I really need to focus on singing because it's all I've wanted to do. Yet you, you've, uh, I'm a really big people pleaser. Um, so that's like my biggest journey in the last 13 years of my own personal journey is like, how do you stop pleasing people and, and become a band leader so you can do what you want to do? Um, aces in their places, if you will, right? So you can have a really good project and everyone's doing exactly what they should be doing. But I was overcompensating for so many different things. So that's why I became a drummer because it was like, oh, well, you're really good at doing this. Rob had moved to, you know, had moved to Nashville, had moved to Madison, had, you know, there was just a lot of back and forth and I could tell that it was not making him happy. And then he, he, he split and I was like, here, we have a bunch of stuff going on. I'll drum and sing. And then it just really caught fire for some reason like it just it we and we kept with wildfire right and then i think at a certain level um you know we're still local we are i have no fucking idea what i'm doing um i come home and i've got all sorts of people saying such amazing um humble things to me being like oh i do this because of you or i got into this because of you and i'm just like why (laughs) you know um i have no idea what i'm doing and it's and it's incredible it it moves me um and it makes me believe in myself because i never have so this is what's different about the band uh uh, taking it from 2010 to 2023 nicholas as a human being believes in himself and wants to sing and that's like that's the only difference right like i finally believe in this and i finally you know and, and with that manifestation though that i find then i find the right people that are meant to be in that because i stop people pleasing and i start to believe in myself and start to you know come back but i think at the time you know i really wanted to please people and and the things that like Corey Chisel or the things that Kurt Kempman or people of Milo Music or the fans or people that I really looked up to that were like, you should do this. And, you know, as great as it is to listen to other people, the best thing that you can do, the best thing that any of these people can do, the best thing you can do, anyone that wants to create is literally create your own stream, create your own fucking highway because you're the only person that drives that car and you're the only person that is going to take you to where that belief comes from, you know? And that's 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 that. That's great. That's hard to even follow up. It's like yeah, it's yeah, right? We should follow it up with that song that covers the same topic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say this about your your singing. I, when you were drumming and singing, I don't know how you can do that, especially playing at the intense level that that you would drum at. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is that something that took a lot of practice. It is. It's a lot. I actually had a friend. Um, there was a. When we opened up for Ted Nugent back in the day, which was ridiculous, we didn't want to do it. Um, the only reason we did it is because we made it a satire and we got paid a lot of money from Waterfest to do it because obviously I'm part of the queer community and that is a giant person you do not lay in a bed with, but it's okay. Anyways, that show I was hooked up to uh, some, some, I had a friend who was going to school for um, just like how bodies work and, 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 and internal medicine that way. And he had hooked me up to a machine that registered how much energy I was using. So when I would play a show, let's say like we opened up for Ted Nugent at Waterfest, I was amped. I was mad. I was, you know what I mean? There was a lot of things that went into the emotions part of that. I used so much energy that it is equivalent on a measured scale to an Olympic rower. So... (laughs) That takes an extreme amount of energy mentally, an extreme amount of energy physically, and I think that I would end up really resentful at shows. 
I would end up really resentful in the middle of a tour because I was utilizing all this energy and had no idea like that I was actually becoming very unhappy because that amount of energy and then doing the rest of it stuff is like you're depleting your oxytocin, your dopamine, and then you're going on tour. Where are you going to find the rest? Where are you going to find the recovery in something like that? Because you don't. It's did, crazy. Did uh, you get to meet Ted Nugent? No, he stayed in a, he rented, they rented an American flag limo, and then he <laughs> stayed in the limo up until the thing, up until the show started. But he, I guess I had heard rumors that, that that limo only was like, it drove around Oshkosh and then it went to the 9th Street <laughs> McDonald's and just hung out, you know? I was like, wow, can't imagine Mr. Nuge having some like 10-piece chicken thingies <laughs> and just being all gross. But I believe he likes to be called Sweaty Uncle Teddy. Yeah, uh, sweaty Mr. Sweaty Uncle, Uncle Teddy. Teddy having a good time at Mickey D's. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, that was a weird show, but it was really good. And, uh, our water fest times are always really, really interesting. I hope we get to do another water fest someday because yeah, they're fun. Their Waterfest lineup this year is actually kind of kind of righteous. There's like Band of Horses and a bunch yeah. of other, I don't know, dude, the Fox Valley has got a really cool scene. And I think that moving away to Colorado, uh, again, you know, the millionth time, I'll always run back there. It's like a battery for me that... God, I love it. You know, let's, let's talk about that quick, because you were in Colorado before, and then a, yep. a few years ago you, you moved back there, and now you're back, back. to, back to yeah. the valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, I think Colorado is kind of the place where, like, I go shut up. And, uh, you know, like, I just – everyone laughs. They're like, Nick shuts up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I talk a lot. I really – as – yeah, I really do. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm very vivacious. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I think Colorado is the place where it's like I gain that perspective. I love hiking. The energy there is just it's different. I mean, you can't I mean, I'm sure there's people that hate on Colorado, but like you can't go, especially a person from the Midwest. Like I grew up flat. Water's great. I really missed water. And there's a million different things, right? You can take a ladder any, you know, anyway, and we'd all take a ladder up, right? rather than and but it goes a million different ways in life um so there's a million different drawbacks to coming home but there's a million different positives to that as well because colorado doesn't have the same kind of music scene it doesn't have the same kind of solidarity it has extreme poverty lines that don't exist here because it is you know like you get past nebraska west and like cut that line there's a whole different part of america that exists that no one understands here because we will never understand poverty drug use uh gun violence uh in ways like that so that's a big reason why i came home as well i experienced a decent amount of gun violence at the place that i was working and you know what i mean like just different different things where like your your timbre of what is happening on volume of people just becomes really different and that was something that i woke up to where it's just like all right well you know it's a lot safer to live in a place of seventy thousand people and come together in the middle of winter because we've all been really depressed for nine months than it is to be like i'm among four million people uh there is so much gang violence and poverty and like i don't know man it got really got really heavy but the perspective is you know something that i'm always chasing so when i get bored here you'll know where to find me <laughs> <laughs> when, when you came back here was the scene any different from when you left or was just pretty much picked up where you i left think off? that the scene is growing but i think that there's an awareness that we need to check ourselves with because when i came back to the valley i have learned that everyone is really audaciously chasing going nowhere very fast Everyone's pretty wrapped up in this exterior uh, chase, but that happens with humans in general. But this is a really small place. It's literally, like I said, 70,000 people in a conglomerate of, I mean, it's small shit, right? So, like, the way that we can band together because this is so small, coming back from a big place, is that we all just, like, literally need to have our backs and we need to stand up for what's right. And we need to stand up for, like, each other because the scene is really small. So the more that we let, like you know, rapey people walk around, the more that we don't acknowledge the people that are Me Too movements in this scene, the more that we don't acknowledge the racism, the more that we don't acknowledge the elitism, the sexism, the transphobia, the homophobia, 
the less likely we are to be a scene that keeps coming together. So coming home, I notice, wow, there's a, always going to be a passive-aggressive nature to the Midwest because that's how we roll, right? This, this scene and the valley in general is, is really into traditions, Wisconsin tradition, you know, we've, we've got these traditions and these things and something in that tradition is a silence. And that's something like for me as a human being and with the suitcase is a voice that I would like to have as a queer individual that has lived in this scene where everyone thinks like, oh my God, it's getting so much better. And I'm like, no, I've experienced terrible things. Um, I was working uh, at a restaurant in Nina and was outed inappropriately um, and I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just, that was a couple months ago. You know, these people that I've had relationships with, with for many, many years, I come home to and they think that they're allies and they're not. They're full of shit. I call all of you out. You know exactly who you are. And that's the kind of stuff that I just don't want to stand for anymore. So, like, I think the music scene is hella tight. And I think us as musicians need to stand up to that kind of stuff more and show the, the, the scene that, like, no, we actually come together way more than, you, than we think. Because when we're unified, our vibration is so much louder. And that's what we do as human beings. Like, when we start to vibrate together, we can, we can move, physically move things. And I would like to see this scene be the catalyst that it actually is. I want to see the people that are inside of it actually start to work for it instead of expect it to work for them. So, I want to ask you one more thing about your singing. Okay. If I could. So, how do you sing? Well, it's, well, it's it's like this. So, air. It's really in something you do really well besides everything is the singing melodies writing vocal melodies that are catchy mm -hmm. and hooky and i think that's a talent that a lot of people don't have like how did you get so good at writing vocal hooks oh i don't um that stuff is a vein that anyone can tap into i believe that's a an ether that's a spiritual uh experience so there's no give or take there's no muse there's no way to capture it there's just a literal like like, it's like a vein that I can just plug right into, and it's something that I think I was just kind of, like, called to as a, at a young age, you know? Like, I would—it was just there. Are you writing, like, the vocals before you've got instruments? Sometimes. Um, because a lot of the, your vocal lines could stand on their own. Um, yeah, I guess sometimes. Um, I've got— one song in particular that I've been like humming and singing um, that's called Strange Friends um, that I've been like trying to write or figure out how to write for like 10 years um, and that line you know I'll, I'll be sitting with a verse or two for a little bit but then sometimes there's you know there's no right or I always tell this there's no right or wrong way to be a human being and there's definitely no right or wrong way to write a song there, you can have a million different theories, but like I said, there is something different when it comes from a vein. I believe that we are all frequencies, that we are all vibrations, and that we, you know, that society nulls us. So I think um, my biggest thing is just trying to make sure that that's where that's coming from, is that vein. So I find that <laughs> that song, Strange Friends, that I sit in and I like want to keep writing this song, but every time I go into that vein, a bunch of songs keep coming out of that vein. Mm. So I like, it's very interesting. So um, I think when I finish that song, it'll be interesting because that vein will be closed. You don't keep, it sounds very dark, mm. but you don't keep shooting in the same vein. Um, it's like a tree, right? It all kind of connects together. And you can also become very influenced by other people, um, the more musicians that you hang out with and share veins. and You know what I mean? And that's where it's weird because it can get dirty sharing needles. And it can get very... It's a weird metaphor, um, but I've always felt like singing. And that's why I want to spend more time singing for me, in my vein, in my body. You know, not for other people, not what other people want to hear from me or what they think I should sound like. Uh, who is Nicholas? And, like, where is, like... I have a vibration in me that I don't even know yet, you know, and I'm just really trying to get closer to it because I think when I find it, that is my alignment to <gasps> the breath, Allah, God, you know. I, I'm a pretty big atheist, but I also believe in our own spiritual awakening because when we, when we are attuned to that, we are our own demigod, you know, and then we can do anything we want. It's kind of crazy. 
So you're like, wow, how do you sing? And I'm just like, no, man, it's totally trippy and ethereal. How does one plug into the Akashic <laughs> Ether? Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right. Give me the steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nate, were you involved with the, the the first album, All My Friends? Did you do anything? No, you didn't do anything mm-hmm. with that album. So I, we'll go no. back to Nick listening for a little bit. Nate did a bunch of stuff. Okay, so Nate. Nate is an amazing videographer. Um, we, you know, and I'm very excited because like we're gonna spend a lot of time making videos and doing a bunch of stuff and growing as friends and just like having a, a summer that none of us probably got because we all come from very interesting situations. You know, we're. I mean, I don't think you can look at any human being and be like, we don't have childhood trauma. You know, something along the lines. You know, is is very interesting. But right now we're set to have this like summer that I think all of us really have like. You know, like Todd's summer that he has set out where he's got a bunch of stuff that he wanted to do this summer and we're going to do it. So Todd doesn't go at, at the end of the summer, dang, what was all that stuff I wanted to do? Every summer I'm like, you're not going to have that. Gonna do? That's I was going to do summer. something. It's not Todd's summer this year, but with you got Nate. got all three months. With you know? Nate, he, he, he was really in a creative way always there. And Nate spent so much time with me and Brandon where Brandon and I would just like all of a sudden write a song together and throw it into the suitcase mix. But Nate was literally there mixing with us until like 4 a.m. So he just does want he just wants to discredit himself. <laughs> well, I wasn't involved musically. Like I was there. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you talked about I, the impression, like, you know, your influence on it. You know, he was just saying how impressionable we all are as musicians. We influence each other. Yeah. You know, with our yeah I was like, you were there. You were in it. Your Nate. presence, You're the gravity of your it. presence yeah, man, you were is there. in the bedrock of Suitcase. And it's fun for me as a fan to hear it come out on songs like Off the Ground and things. These little things that you just kind of like yeah, touch. Yeah, like it's you know? pent up all these years of well, not playing been, Exactly. Well, yeah, like, really... Why didn't we do this decades ago? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it so is because cool. Nate shot the fucking video for Off the Ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything. Nate was on the other side of the entire thing watching it He's happen. on the other just side because, of the camera. But that's the thing. Like, we can't come through. The more that we try to do the more you come out of an egotistical place and the more you try to control it, you know, you have to just be there for your friends and support them in their own creativity and let them figure it out because that is the fucking hokey pokey. That's how you plug right? in. You yeah. said, how do you plug in? Don't try to control it. Yeah, Don't stand absolutely. on each other's so necks Nate, and just watch each other grow. You Nate, know? you know, Nate is organically, you know, growing into this in such a super cool way. That's where I'm at. I don't want to interrupt anymore about talking about Nate, but I'm just going to be like, God damn it, man. You were there the whole time, and and you're so interwoven. Like, this is a giant quilt, and you're like a giant piece of the stitching. And I was like, yeah, it is one of those things. I mean, Nate just answered the question. He just answered Andy's question, basically. So I heard an interview on WEC, an older interview. We were talking about recording on some of the first album up in Manaqua. There's like a a lightning strike. (laughs) And so I I don't know if if Nate was there for that. I was out there for that. No, no I've heard no. the story. Let's hear the lightning story. Uh, we <laughs> thought it would be a really awesome idea to record a live storm in a garage that was made out of metal. That and was on All My Friends? All My Friends, yeah. There was a storm on the song All My Friends that was like that. So I still Sounds have good. I still have really bad PTSD. For a really long time, it was a lot of storms where I would like hide in a closet and drag my animals with me. Lots of decent amount of that um now if people stand out in a storm to watch it too long like most midwesterners do because that's what you guys fucking do i'm just like go back inside stop um you know i'm not as paranoid went off like dark twice cloud right there yeah i know did you and hear I, that yeah yesterday? i heard that of course i heard it both I know. times i just like well, looked around outside i'm like yeah i don't yeah, see yeah everyone nothing. walks Seems outside fine. they're like so what is it and i'm like jesus christ <laughs> stay inside um but it's interesting because that specific storm there was three other people that were struck by lightning and i ended up meeting one of them at gardenia's after talent gardenia's in oshkosh after doing a solo show five years after that happened and we talked about the rarity of that and it was interesting even when i like went to my doctor they're like wow i've never met anybody and i was like i would like to talk about what's going on with my body for in science fact, yeah i was like <laughs> i was like can we talk about science real quick instead of you being like fanboying it out about like a, a lightning you know he's all poking and, you how are you alive yeah absolutely is that twitch always been there yeah. <laughs> um, but it was an, an arc of, of lightning so it wasn't like a full-on strike it arced onto the mic and into me and onto that it, and luckily we still had the tracks the weight the it fried out the mixing board so you could only pan things to stereo so he had to take everything stereo off the board for the whole entire album and then it finally fried out 
maybe like a year later and we were like what the fuck <sighs> you know like it was just one of those things where you know but i went into it wanting thor questioning thor going come on bitch and then it was like that's what you get it's all right hubris I mean, right yeah. to your vocal piece human yes, there you go you know and that's where you've got to be careful what you wish for especially when you're manifesting because i'm i'm one of those people that's definitely like i always tell jake because jake and i are really heady together we're definitely on the same like vein we are definitely oh, yeah. in the same kind of tethered vein um but I, I don't even remember what I was going to say. You I mean, are Thor, and then you question Thor, and you are it. What the hell would you do? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you struck well, yourself tell, with lightning. I was telling him, like, <laughs> I'm in a deep ocean. Like, my personality is definitely like an ocean, but when you get into the ocean, then you realize it's actually like the universe, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, this is, oh, oh, God. Yeah, so. So that, I mean, how much of the album did you actually record up? At that place in Monaco, was it just the one song? No, it would have been the whole... We we tracked the whole album there, and then I think we did some vocals outside of it. But yeah, I mean, we tracked the whole thing there. And that happened one of the last days we were there. And then we thought, wow, what, a, what are our chances? And then we went to... Because we were in Monaco, so we went to Lac de Flambeau, and we won $600. And then we paid for the, the stay. That's awesome. Of the, yeah, so it was kind of this weird... You know, weird circumstance. When you put that out on vinyl, which was, I mean, for a first album to put out on vinyl was... Let's it, talk about that. That was someone else's opinion. <laughs> um, that was uh, someone else's opinion brought us to that. Brought us to a thousand vinyl, which uh, brings us to a thousand vinyl, which brings <laughs> us to 800 vinyl. <laughs> you know, where it's one of those things where you don't need to press that much vinyl. Well, you also um, did like a lot of personalization on the, the covers. Yeah, the reason we ended up doing that. So you know how we came in and Jake was talking about how I like to throw everything for a loop. Um, problem solving 101. We're about to do a thousand vinyl and Nicki Minaj decides I'm going to re- release a record too. And Nicki Minaj is the shit and has way more followers than the traveling suitcase so united records called us and they're like hey yo we're gonna put this thousand on back order you'll get your records next month and i was like but my measly little album release is on no and then they're like Nicki minaj and i'm like true bet (laughs) bet and uh so then i was like i don't know what we want to do so then i got a hold of a bunch of local artists and i said let's do an art show and let's do a listening booth to where people can listen to it because we at least had the test pressing. So I said, let's do a listening booth. Uh, we'll do that. And then we took, um, we took, we basically did like a big auction, and everybody got to auction off their own things. And so there's like a bunch of really cool uh, suitcase records that are kind of floating around that are really unique and uh, really cool. I want to bring that back. I like miss that. I miss the. I just miss that. I miss the originality and the, I don't know, doing it for fun, right? And doing it because, like, it involves everyone else. And that was something that was so magical. And I think that people really want to catch on to an idea when they think it's good, especially with the band, and they, they, they attach on to it, you know? It's like uh, Nine Inch Nails wrote a song called Star Fucker, and it reminds me of uh, of that thing. People really want to get close to light, and they want to they want to be in it. And um, I think that moving forward with the suitcase, I would like to have really big boundaries, and I want us to only be friends, and I want us to keep that creative thing alive. And I would love us to get more artists involved with things that we're doing, and have the community just be as big of a piece as as I am in this band. Sorry, you just like opened up how special that whole event was because it was just this problem-solving thing, but then it ended up getting everybody involved and that wasn't a problem anymore. And then it made me go, wow, how much cooler of a of a community that we have where everybody's just willing to post up uh, an album cover because they're so fucking moved by what we're doing because they've just been coming to shows for the last year and we don't even know what we were We had no idea what we were doing, man. We're just trying to have fun, and that's exactly like what I want to do again, because I feel like we got in this vein where like we felt like we knew what we were doing, and you know, um, our other guitar player that we had in the past really, you know, he really wants um, his picture of music is is completely different than mine, and I'm very well aware of that, and I support that 100. percent 
So I think that's kind of the biggest moving picture is like finding people that align with that. And that's something I had a really big conversation with Timmy Macklery coming home about is because that guy, I mean, that guy is an insane vessel. I don't even know how I took us so far away, <laughs> but I did. That's okay. That's <laughs> well, it's all connected. So yeah. that was, you felt a lot of pressure then when this album came out? Or, I mean, yeah, I felt a lot of pressure even with all my friends as well, or excuse me, with, uh, with Nobody Wins, I felt an extreme amount of pressure because we had the Kickstarter and mm-hmm. at that time in my life, I was really fronting who I was as a human being, you know, you know, that's uh, it's really weird. It's like a, it's like a trigger record for me, yeah, you know, we'll get it away from you. No, you're like, get it away. Well, but you, I like, you guys did a lot of like shows around that time. You, you did like the rock garden live and that was yeah, recorded the rock garden. With- I feel like, you know, the rock garden live was like a cool idea that I had presented with Mark. Um, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to end the band, and I've always really loved Incubus, and I want to do this, like, session that emulates uh, the Morning View sessions, and where we sit in the middle, and everyone surrounds us, because I love those Morning View sessions. I don't know if you're an Incubus fan, but, like, dude, those things are that's, awesome. They have the, That's the real reason I'm in the band, because I can play, like, every Incubus song. Yeah, yeah, that's really, uh, Nate and I only connect on Incubus songs. Like, literally, we're just, Traveling Suitcase is probably just going to become a, a, an Incubus tribute band. Yeah, like, yeah. if you see, like, something, like, that says, like, Succubus or something, it's definitely the Traveling... <laughs> Suitubus or something. It's definitely Traveling Suitcase doing Incubus. Just doing an Incubus just an tribute Incubus show. Just a yeah, fucking tribute it's show. called Succubus. Like, yes. All right. <laughs> but like, um, that was the the concept behind that. And, um, you know, I'm glad we did it. Uh, and I'm super glad. I love working with Mark. Mark's always, I've worked with Mark since I was 13. Oh, you know, my Christian metal band was like, you know, Mark recorded that. And, you know, I've been making music with Mark and we helped him. I I remember meeting Chris Sabini when I was a little high school kid, and we we helped move. I the my first time meeting Chris Sabini was like me and him sweating and moving Mark's console into a U-Haul. You oh, know, it's a like magical console. Yeah, yeah, and or Special. not that one, not that one. It was a different the different one he had from he. I think it was like an old dentist office or whatever it was on. Uh, what's that street? What's that street where the draw is? Is what street is that? It's uh, the street that's down by the draw. This, yeah, yeah. what's that it? street? Down by the draw. Well, <laughs> he's up. And then up there, up from the draw, is where Mark's studio used to be. But, yeah, I mean, we've been tethering that vein for a really long time. And, like, we had a really good time making this record because I think me and Mark had such a beautiful time. And, and I can't wait to – I would love to make more music with Mark. And I know we'll go do some live sessions and stuff in there. Um, here's the fun thing about – all of this stuff is like I've grown up with Brandon Domer so all we've done is demo you know so we demo and we get this sound and what I've realized is as as much as I love working with all these engineers my favorite sound is when we record ourselves and it has nothing to do with any engineer that we've ever worked with it's just something it just sounds different it sounds like us it sounds like us and I think that I was never getting the sound I wanted out of that and I loved what we did with it, and I think that we collaborated really well on it. Also, this album was a literal thing that I wrote out of all of my hurt and pain and self-hatred before I needed to become who I really was. I literally wrote an album called Nobody Wins. What kind of thing is that? You know, what am I telling myself? Well, you're not going to win with this. You're not, because no one does, you know? So this, a lot of these songs are, like, literal manifestations of demonness, like, but things so I was going... But it's so weird, man, because that made it chrysalis for, like, how we met, because I met you guys because of Mark and because of Rock Garden, you yeah. know? And you created yep. this album with in such a dark place. It was a no-no to sort of talk about. My girlfriend, uh, Shay Korea, works with Mark Goldie, um, and that was sort of how I got involved with the suitcase because she was like, check this out. I was like, oh my God, you know, it blew my mind. And it was Nobody Wins, and it was mm-hmm. the live clippings that really did it. And me, you know, having no idea that this was like such a source of pain and stuff for you, and it was a no-go zone for most people. Like, you weren't supposed to talk to Nick about Nobody Wins. And I'm just yeah. like, what's up, dude? I'm Jake. This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life, and we need to hang out, you know? Yeah. And uh, that was totally yeah, how but- I reached out to him. And, uh, 
here we are. And I really owe it all to like Mark Goldie and Brandon because Brandon hooked me up with the vinyl, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. But then when you reached out and said that I had sat down and I hadn't listened, you know, I'd moved away. I was living in Denver when you reached out and I hadn't listened to it in a really long time. And it was really good because listening back to it, I go, okay, these songs are really good. They're better than I thought they were. And then it was like, then I went and saw the Chili Peppers and it was the first show with John Frusciante back in Denver. It was hailing. I thought they were going to call it. And of course they didn't. Flea came out, did a fucking handstand. I saw his balls. And I was like, all right. Uh, Flea, that's oh, they are not canceling the show. I just saw Flea's balls, bro. That was the show. Yeah, those are. I was like, dang, I'm getting merch at DeesNuts.com tonight. Damn. But like, and like, it was weird because I caught this bug. He had sent this beautiful message about, and I like re-listened and I was like, no, oh, there's something there, you know? And then it was like, it kind of like, I forgave myself for being so fucking mean to myself about, you know, because we put so much pressure on ourselves to change, right? And we do. And I have been in this chrysalis, dude, I've been in a chrysalis for like seven years, homie. Yeah. I've been in this state of like healing and I still am, right? But that's why like with this, with this incarnation and this thing i want everyone to win i want the narrative to be that's different cool. and everybody like, wins well and that's what it is i want everyone to win everyone should win i don't want nobody to win anymore because that's so fucked up yeah what kind of what is that what am i manifesting it's yeah, awful sure. that's terrible right because i think songs are manifestations we are literally getting out there and if 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 everything goes to to my manifestation, I would love to do this all the time with these guys. Yeah, because who wouldn't? Who doesn't a, want that? Who doesn't get their rock band together and they're like, "I want to do this." We'd be <laughs> right? lying. We'd be fucking. I would be no lying joke. to you, Andy, if I said, "Hey, man, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want my dream to come true." <laughs> I've, I've got to ask you about the bathrooms at Rock Garden because you're responsible for the painting in there. Yes, aren't you? yes, yes. I mean, I think of you whenever I'm in there. Like, it, how did? How did you get involved I've with painting that. the bathrooms? I have said that also myself. I just like missed mountains. <laughs> I think I miss mountains so much that I start to unravel because I, I, I don't even know what, I don't know why I'm so connected to the Rocky Mountains, but I know that I'll chase them all the way to Banff, you know, like I want to get in, I want to thread them all the way up to Canada. Like there's something about mountains that, but the Rockies, man, they're like a piece of me. Like, I was like, I don't know where I came from. I don't know who I am, but I'm some sort of funky space rock alien, you know? And, like, the fucking rocks, man, they just ground me. They center me. I'm so into them. So I think I just was like, Mark, your bathroom's ugly AF. <laughs> and this studio has a lot of vibes. And when people are creative, you know, we've got a lot of ideas on the shitter. Dude, that's where <laughs> most of them occur. Don't yes. let anybody fool you. Yes. So Take your time. You Take are your self, time. you know, that is a, a spiritual <laughs> moment in a bathroom. So I said, hey, man, can I paint your bathroom? And he said, absolutely. And then um, I had some solo stuff on there. And then when I went in to re-record with one of my bands called Between the Low, um, with Andrew Frazier, he was also in my Christian metal band. So I said, hey, can I can I do different lyrics so I can full circle that we've recorded with you and this is you know Andrew and I were always really shy in our in that band so that so between the low is like our like people we didn't get to be inside of that band so when we get to visit that it was just a really beautiful like full circle moment so the I guess for me like I want people to find the tranquility that I find when I'm sitting on top of a mountain taking a shit in rock garden <laughs> yeah it's full circle so we've, great. we've got the current lineup people might be asking what happened to bill well bill is very busy um in i think he's in dusk right bill's playing in dusk yeah. i believe yeah bill's in dusk he's really lined up there i think um i think bill and i are two completely different people i think i want to chase a very organic vein and I'm not exactly sure what he wants ever, actually. It's never really been made that crystal clear. And I think we're just two ships in the night moving two different directions. I think it took me a really long time to see that. You know, I take full responsibility for probably, you know, needing to shift things around sooner than I did. But at the same time, when you've been working with people for a really long time, you do your best as a, as a leader to, like, really make everybody happy. And that's when you go, is this the best thing? Is this making me happy? Is this going to take us to the next place that we need to go? And his schedule is very busy. Hit the uncertainty of not knowing what 
Bill wants or even how Bill feels about the traveling suitcase was driving me mad. So it was time to let go. Was going out to Colorado and coming back like the perfect time when you returned to kind of well, reset? Well, we had a jam out. Um, we jammed out and it was really good and it felt really awesome. And, you know, it was kind of like, okay, the best way I can break this down is that being in a band is much like dating people. So you're in a relationship for a really long time. So I feel like I came home, slept with Bill, woke up, and was like, oh, well, the chemistry's still there, but I don't necessarily know if, like, we are good for each other. And I think that that's kind of what it is, you know, where it's like, no, if we want to have, like, really good professional lifestyles, like, though we have great sex together, that doesn't mean we need to have a full-on marriage. So I think that's kind of the best equation that I can that I can say with you Mr. guys are Bill Grace. Still on good terms though. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I wish Bill nothing but the best and nothing but like really good success because that guy works really really hard and you know he's got I think he's doing a bunch of sound stuff with a bunch of different bands and really networking. So he's working his ass off and we wish him nothing but the best and you know Bill wrote a lot of really good songs, um, including one of them being Frog, which we're gonna bring back and you know that's. That's one of those things where, you know, like, it's that band dynamic. It's that we can't run away from songs or relationships that we've had with people in the past. And you could do your best to honor that and grow from those spaces. And that's where I, I when I release you, I'm in love. So why is Promises the only song on Spotify? Well, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> so we did Promises with... Uh, that was on, ended up being on your last call. Yep. Um, yep. And that was kind of kind of random too. We didn't really expect to release that. Bill had all these songs. We kind of wrote them, and then he just moved to Nashville. And then that was kind of like, oh, I didn't know what we were doing. Um, Promises is up because we recorded at um, at a at a studio, and they were like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna put this we're gonna put this up, and it's a it's a special little hidden studio in Nina, and is that uh, Honeytone. Yeah. Yeah, Honeytone, and uh, we just, it was like a, it was like a secret at the time, you know, like no one was allowed to talk about Honeytone really too, too much. Um, but then they did a single for us, and they put that on there, and that's kind of why it's the only thing. We, uh, we never, so like, when we did Nobody Wins, and when we did all that big release, that was 2013. So think about technology in 2013. I mean, we didn't have Spotify. Half that stuff didn't exist. People were still using Reverb Nation, bro. I remember you those know, days. Like I get you got back, your SoundCloud. We have a new, e- like yeah, we have a new oh, yeah. email, and I go into our old email, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so dated. You know, and that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, we took everything down to – I was getting harassed, um, and we had to take a lot of stuff down. And I do get a lot of questions of, like, why did you guys take that down? So if anybody wants to know, I get harassed all the time. So if you want to educate yourselves, uh, educate yourselves on letting people authentically be themselves so they can yeah, have room sure. to grow. Absolutely. So then this this incarnation gets together. You released a uh, kind of a updated version mm-hmm. of one of the old songs. Is that the first thing you guys jammed on as a, as a, a new band? Um, off the ground was, yeah, one of the first, and then we've kind of been diving into a lot of oldies. I would say most of the stuff that's going to be on this record. So we're going to release a record September 23rd. You're doing a, uh, Appleton beer factory Factory, with uh, Seesaw. Yeah, with Seesaw. Really great two piece from Madison. They're really awesome. They've been making waves around the same, same time that we've, you know, been, we've played, uh, we've played a few different shows with them. So, um, yeah, I'm super stoked about it. We're re-recording pretty much a lot of, I think weighing in more on all my friends stuff right Mm -hmm. i feel like there's more all my friends all my friends stuff on that and then a couple a couple nobody wins tracks and then we're gonna do i think the second record will have like more originals but then we'll still leak in some older i mean we have such a giant list Mm -hmm. and there's you know all of us love the older songs just as much you know like i think it's been so much time where i can and i was completely a different person that i can go yeah i actually like that you know, really yeah, and that's it. it. Yeah, I want you guys to talk more. I feel like I've literally just. We've got a question that maybe you guys can all uh, talk about. It's from Bob Minter. Regarding playing live, there's a soft movement towards earlier shows. Do you prefer playing early evening or the conventional late night shows? It's a great question. It's a great question. The, I like the, to be home by nine, man. The I less, get it. <laughs> the, less, <laughs> you. the less waiting I have to do before we play, the yeah, better. Yeah, so whatever so. that means, if that means earlier, great. 
And yeah, you know, it's nice to not be out all night. Well, plus, like, Nick uses a lot of imagery of, like, growth and community and, like, a garden, you know. And I like to use the imagery of a rising tide raises all ships. And that means, like, audiences need to come to shows. People need to come out to shows and enjoy this experience that we get to have together that transcends language and transcends all of these boundaries. It's a boundary disillusion. We're all part of the same organism for a second when we're going to a show and really in it, you know. Metal communities are great for that. You ever been in a circle pit? Oh man, you're 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 one ant among many, and it's amazing, you know. And not like the violent stuff. I mean, old '80s circle pits. Yeah, man. Safe that's circle. how our that's how the yeah. communities I worked yeah. in were like, you know. And everyone's everyone's a family in that moment, you know. And it's without a word said. Yeah. And I felt that at your shows, and I noticed that in the Rock Garden clips, you know. And that's why I knew I was like, oh yeah, this guy's on the same wave, totally, you know. Um, but I guess my point with that is, yes, please, whatever gets people out to shows. If it's earlier, like, I'm that guy, man. I got stuff to do the next day, too, you know. We're, we all work and do our own things also, you know. So it's like, if we can get those done earlier, man, that just helps everybody. What do you feel the, the state of rock music is? Because you listen to top 10, top 20, and it was kind of an old person thing to be like, ah, it's not music. But you listen to a lot of the stuff that's popular. It's more keyboards, digital drums, and like a almost like a talky voice sort of and i mean do you think rock's going to come back with a vengeance or do you think oh rock is still here man yeah it's, yeah, it's always go been. anywhere it's never going to go anywhere but uh nick makes a we're talking about his hooks and stuff is he has really powerful like um way pop accessibility right so he's like putting this accessibility of pop music it i love pop music you talk about playing, it like this and i'm like i actually I mean? love the change in it i <laughs> love it's like it's, i love edm music i love electronic i love pop i think that pop music is the only way to change music because it's daring it's what people you're gonna, want you know, it really is well, it's, you're it's giving the voice you're, of the world you're feeding people because i mean generally unless let's just say you know i have my you guys know how i feel about people who don't like pizza or puppies but <laughs> genuinely people like pizza or puppies right so how do you you know i think that sometimes German Shepherds are a popular family dog and sometimes Labradors are a family dog. You know what I mean? Like, everything's got a wave, but it's all fucking dogs and pizza, yeah, right. you know? So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd say like Milo Music, they, they've got kind of reputation for older audiences um, for like not Milo Music shows. I guess with the rock thing was just as far as like bringing younger people to the shows. There's not really a whole lot of all-age venues in Appleton. I mean, or Oshkosh, yeah. I would love to see more. I would love to make one someday. Yeah. I would love to make it. Uh, that's, like, one of my biggest There's dreams. No is coming home is, like, making a space of, uh, like, or, like, help collect. I think musicians, there's so many musicians in this area, um, collectively, like, I've been talking about, like, an artist collective where we, like, all go in on a venue and, like, make it all ages, and that space can be used for education, can be used for many different things. Sanctuary. For kids to go because that's also going to get kids playing music again because i've noticed that's my biggest thing coming home is that where are these younger bands where are these you know where are these kids getting into music and stuff so and that's why a big reason we got to branch into pop music how do we make synthesizers and electronic music because that is that is what they're going to use they're going to use their tools and technology is a giant tool into the future there's no running from it it's like david bowie said you know it's it's so immersible and we don't even know you know and i people have all sorts of opinions but i think i think technology is beautiful i think you have your own channel i think you have endless possibilities and it's just like power you you know you you know hate leads to anger anger leads to the dark side so you just need to use your tools for good use your power for good uh brandon's not here but he's a, a i know he's big in a video too are you guys going to be sort of collaborating on the oh, Travis oh, yeah. Suitcase video stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, just, yeah. uh, that's just what happens naturally, you know, when we get together. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the ways that Domer and I really connected when, when I first joined that band back in the day was, you know, we're both movie geeks. And uh, so we just work really well together that way. And it, cool. besides Todd, who's in a couple other bands, uh Anybody else in multiple multiple bands? Nick, I know you've got the, yeah, the solo I've been thing. Yeah, jamming, jamming with Redshift Headlights, and then I've got Between the Low and stuff. And then I think I still have solo stuff, but I feel like I'm just like... Are you going to incorporate the solo stuff into the Traveling Suitcase Brandon, shows? 
Domer really wants to. You should. Yeah, Domer. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I was like, Brandon's like, yo, there's some really good songs that could totally be that could totally be transcribed into that stuff and 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 done. But yeah, I mean, I'm down for whatever. I personally like. It's great that we keep taking from a catalog, but I'm like, can we make our own? (laughs) Because I love this. I love this version, so I want to capture it. You know, like that's what I want. I'm like, oh, I want to capture this version. So, how far into the album are you at this point? We just we've we've only just begun. Because <laughs> um, it's September release, now you're kind of under yeah. pressure to get it done before. Which is great because we've recorded all these songs many times. <laughs> um, so actually, tomorrow we're we're sitting down and getting the guts to more stuff, and uh, we've kind of got our summer pretty full with shows and mapped out. And I don't want to get us too much further other than maybe me and Nate. Kind of, so like right now, the way that I've got this is where we can unpack to just me and Nate. Or be a full band. I want this band to be, you know, like I would like to do it full time. So within that, knowing this scene, there's a lot of breweries, there's a lot of wineries, there's a, there's so much potential to do music full time here. And that's another reason I wanted to come home. Because I was like, yo, I mean, I could bust my ass in the industry and do all this stuff. But in the end, a simpler life and playing music all the time is going to make Nicholas very happy. And that's going to be who I am. And that way I can, why wouldn't I want to live in that? Why wouldn't I try, why wouldn't I dare to do it and um and i think that that's what i'd like to do so i want this thing to function whether it's the two of us or whether it's the five of us or you know so that's like one of the coolest coolest things about that so our summer is chill so we can start to put the album together and do that and i look forward to you know pretty much finishing that record and then just starting to record the next one playing some of these older songs again kind of in a a different vein Mm -hmm. um being up front instead of behind a kit, are you going to be smashing guitars, trying to harness energy up front? Uh, How's that going to yeah. better I've, not smashing a guitar? I'm not smashing a guitar. I just bought myself like a really nice PRS electric, and that is not getting smashed. I love that thing. That is an extension of my body. No. Um, I will not smash any guitars, just some riffs. Um, I've got some plans. I've got like a little synthesizer on some stuff. I'll play guitar on some stuff. I will jump on drums for some stuff. I will climb on things for some stuff. I, I am finding that I have a very, you know, obviously I've talked a bunch. Obviously I have a lot of energy. I like to be the center. You played drums with <laughs> Richie Ramon. Yeah, he was the first person to play my snare drum that was built by Hip Custom, and that was like, hell yeah. And that's why Jakey Boy is like, you're not going to ever stop playing drums. <laughs> yeah. Jake's that's very much... That's the thing. It's like, yeah. I respect him as a drummer. Like, that's how, how we met. Just being able to drum and sing, I've had to do that on projects too, and it drives me crazy. It drives yeah. sound guys crazy. Yeah. So I get the reason for the split, but like, it's cool that the suitcase, you can expect nothing like from the suitcase. You're never going to see the same show twice. Nope. I'm not always going to be there. Sometimes Nick's going to jam. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes Sometimes you're going to have to put earplugs in because I'm going to be there, you know. (laughs) I I feel the band's got so many creative people around that that do awesome work. Todd, Aaron, I mean, he's a photographer too. Che, and she does great stuff. Brandon, everybody just does so much. I'm I'm excited to see what is going to come out on this album in September. Honestly, dude, like I'm excited because we're all just a bunch of creative people hanging out together. And I really feel like I've stumbled upon like finally like this collective and this this honestly like kind of commune of, of people that like we can collectively grow with each other and and create our own our own pirate ship we're gonna do another commercial break and then you guys are gonna play yeah. a couple songs live we're gonna Take try care, this right <laughs> all right well are you guys nervous to play down here no, nah, kind of, I don't know. I'm stoked. <laughs> just regular level. Just, so just regular, regular. All the way. Well, we'll be uh, right back with some <laughs> live traveling no. suitcase. You're watching Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. What is that stuff? Came from 
That was the traveling suitcase. You've been listening to Fox City's core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Thank you. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you.